Democratic Social Club of Alexandria proudly presents Liberally Social School Board Edition, a podcast about who are all these local candidates and which ones am I voting for? We get it, and we're here to help. Listen as we take each candidate not out, but in for drinks to discuss what on earth is happening. We want to be really transparent about our agenda. We want to help our fellow Alexandrians get to know hyper-local candidates, like actually get to know them socially. We are definitely not journalists, but we are the kind of people who would have a podcast about city politics, so we know some of the candidates. We are just going to throw ourselves some virtual parties, invite candidates, have great conversations, and record them all for you to listen to instead of losing 30 minutes to the rabbit hole that is your Instagram feed. The plan this time is to introduce you to the candidates in the two competitive school board districts, A and B. No, not all of them, only the ones you'd actually consider voting for. You know, because they aren't Trumpers, they support masking at school, and they have exactly zero pending lawsuits with ACPS among them. We've set a high bar, people. And there is no time to waste. So we're cutting our episodes in half. We've got to get you prepared to vote by November 2nd. So let's go. All right, let's all introduce ourselves so everyone knows who's at the party tonight. I'm Sandy Marks. I'm Ann Pond. Marta Schatz. I'm Kristen Weber. And I'm Rashmi Papu. And now let's all raise our glasses to our guest candidate for school board in District B, Dr. Ashley Simpson Baird. Welcome, Doc. Welcome, welcome. Thanks. It's so great to be here. Okay, so let's get this party started out with some games. One of our goals is to ask questions that we couldn't find by just Googling you. So here is our list of essential questions for assessing a person's character. Your job is to give as many rapid fire answers as you can in just a few minutes. So short answers are really good. Got it? Got it. So here we go. Who is your favorite teacher? Oh, my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Young from White Oaks Elementary School in Burke, Virginia. And would she be surprised that you're running for school board? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of leads me to the question. What kind of student were you as a kid? I was, uh, I would say in the early grades, school was never challenging for me. So I figured out pretty quickly, I could just do what needed to be done and make everyone happy and cruise along. Um, I don't think I really became like an engaged student, like really wanted to take ownership of my learning until I was in college. Um, Okay. So what's your sign or your Myers-Briggs type? I've actually never taken the Myers Briggs, um, but I am a Leo. My birthday. Oh, yeah. Cool. Do you have a favorite fictional educator from like a movie or a TV show? Oh, um, I have nothing comes to mind. But the first thing I thought of was the teacher in Dangerous Minds, like Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> that was that was the visual that popped into my head. So there must be some sort of emotion I have for her. Um, wow. Okay. Sounds good. She's in Greece too. That's all. Of course. You have any pets? Uh, No, instead I have three children. Ah, three (laughs) children. Okay. Sounds good. Do you have any favorite local restaurants for takeout? Ooh, uh, Spicecraft on Mount Vernon Avenue. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sounds yummy. Do you have a song that's been stuck in your head lately? 
Oh, yeah. So I've been listening to the new Brandy Carlisle album, mm-hmm. and she has this song called You and Me on the Rock. It's like a very like Joni Mitchell inspired kind of twangy sort of thing. And that's in my head. Ding, ding, right. ding. We are at time. Thank you. Sounds good. Over to you, Rashmi. Hello, hello. So the name of our very first serious segment is why would you do this to yourself? And also, thank you for your service. (laughs) In episode one of our school board series, we talked to some of the former student reps to the school board about the things that motivate people to run for school board and why that matters. So tell us, what is your motivation for running? It's an excellent question and properly phrased. Um, So my motivation is service. Um, It's something that is very important to me, has been a theme throughout my life. It's actually written into my wedding vows with my husband. Um, And I feel like particularly this unique position of a school board member is a great fit with my knowledge, skills, background, experiences. And so I'm jumping into this because I think I'm a good fit um, for our community's needs and um, think I can contribute. Awesome. Is there certain personal qualities that you have that you think would be especially effective on our school board? Yeah. So I think some really great qualities that I have that will help me as a school board member are I'm a very critical thinker. Um, I don't tend to take things at face value. I think about them quite deeply, do a lot of research um, and try to get myself informed on key topics. Um, I also uh, sort of maybe this is a positive or negative. Uh, I think I'm pretty good at understanding multiple perspectives on issues. um, And I really try to take the time to understand even someone I don't initially agree with. um, I would really, I really try to take the time to understand where they're coming from and how their ideas are shaped, because I think it's the most important way for us to to find common ground and, and move forward in a productive manner. How could that be a con? Yeah. Well, it, it means I it means I like overthink things often and uh, <laughs> can't initially when I'm knocking on your door and there and someone's like, how do you feel about X? And I want to talk to them for like 10 minutes and hear how they feel. And I don't know. I love that quality. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I'm gonna send you over to Marta. Okay. Well, our next segment we're calling Friend Me. Because one unique side effect of the COVID shutdown is the advent of these online parent groups, like on, on Facebook, mostly, right? Some public, some private, some that even have organized around very singular issues. And I admit I have a two-year-old, so I'm like slightly distanced from this whole parenting world, but I know that there's a lot going on. So are you in any of these groups? Like, just give us a scoop. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, this is maybe I'm wrong in this assessment, it feels like a very uniquely Alexandria phenomenon. Like I talked to my friends who live in other cities and they're like, no, we don't have that. But as you stated in Alexandria, it feels like there is a private Facebook group for everything. Um, And so especially in my time being now a more public figure, I get invited to a lot of these groups. And so I will always uh observe um i like to see what people are talking about um most of the time you're a lurker i'm a lurker yeah um i often don't jump in unless i am uh tagged directly or asked a specific question but um i lurk in a couple groups um and a couple um very contentious ones i must say uh so it's that's 
that's such a tease, Ashley. Are you going to let us know which ones? <laughs> oh, sure. So I have lurked in Open ACPS. I have lurked in the uh, uh, the Bring Back the SROs. I have lurked in Agenda Free ACPS. Um, I think those are like the most relevant to school board, at least. Um, so I, I uh, read them with a grain of salt. I know that um, very often it is a small number of people who are interacting with each other and is not reflective of, of broader viewpoints, but I want to know what they're saying. All right. Thank you. That, that's one thing that we on the podcast were, were talking a lot about when we were planning these questions, just how representative of the community are these loud groups? Um, I would say not very. And there's a lot of crossover in those, at least the three that I just mentioned, um, those groups. Um, more recently, actually, I've been added to um, some of the like uh, uh, ACHS specific groups like the Alexandria, Alexandria International and Escuelas Seguras and some of the ones that are like more school community focused. And I think those are a bit more representative, but the parent ones specifically um, I think they don't have a ton of members to begin with. And of those members who are there, it seems like it's the same people continually interacting mm -hmm. with one another. All right, well, thank you. All right, working and listening. All right, and, and you're up. Go ahead, Sandy, take it away. All right, how you doing, Ashley? You hanging in? Good. Okay. Fun. Um, I really wish I could ask you questions back, but I understand the purpose. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> another time. Okay. Yeah. We'll go out for drinks for real. Um, okay. Our next segment you will be happy to know is called quit poking me a plea to communicate outside of Facebook, but also not in person because COVID. <laughs> so we don't really have like a solution to how you do that, but you know, we we'd like to talk offline. So we just talked about what's happening on social media. We discussed whether or not it's representative of the community at large. And so the question is, outside of that situation, what's real? What are the issues we should be focusing on? Should we be focusing on the stuff we're talking about online, like as parents, or what, what issues do you want us to be talking about? What really matters? Academics, because <laughs> that's what schools do. We are there. Our primary mission is to teach and to make sure that kids learn. And if they don't learn, to keep helping them and make sure they get there. Um, so particularly right now coming out of now 19 plus months of pandemic and pandemic learning, this needs to be our main priority. And frankly, I think like for all of our talk about equity, if we aren't actually educating kids and making sure that they can read on grade level and uh, access content, then we are not doing our job. So I get the importance of all the other wraparound issues. They are important, but uh, we need to be squarely focused on academics as well. That was the most succinct answer we've ever had. And, and we don't know what to do now. <laughs> uh, you can just make the headline. Uh, Dr. Baird says school should teach kids. Yes. <laughs> okay. No, Imagine I love that. it. It's good. You know exactly what you want to do. Okay. Thank you so much. Kristen, you're up. Speaking of equity. <laughs> Welcome to my segment called Equity, The More You Know. <laughs> Equity, the word of the moment across our city, but we here at Liberally Social believe that equity isn't just policymaking, it's foundational and it requires homework. So 
what homework have you personally done to understand the history of systemic racism and white supremacy in Alexandria and its impact on our schools? That's an excellent question. Um, specifically in terms of homework, um, I read Building the Federal Schoolhouse pretty early on, actually before I even announced my candidacy. Um, not that that is the tome on uh, racial history in Alexandria, but it is very specific to schools and is probably the most comprehensive thing that is written about our schools so far. So that was very informative and fused in there is a lot of history about the different communities in our city and how that has um, how they interact with our school system, which I think is very important. Um, in terms of uh, other things I've done that really inform my perspective of different lived realities in our city, um, at my children's elementary school, I am our outreach coordinator for the families that live in Barlandria, Chirilagua. And so I've been able to um, our school at my kids go to George Mason, so we are a very interesting school district in that we have the immediate surrounding uh, neighborhoods to our school and then we have kind of a little island um, that gets bust in. Um, and so just that geographic separation sort of uh, is a it's, it's, it's a bit of a disconnect and so I think we need to be really intentional about the way that we approach families and interact with them and engage and so that work has been very informative for helping me understand, uh, particularly that neighborhood um, in our city. As well, uh, throughout the pandemic, well, the organization is no longer around, but at the start of the pandemic, I started volunteering for a mutual aid organization called um, Alexandria Community Alliance. And I was one of the uh, Spanish language intake coordinators for families. So they would call us, say they needed support, I would call them back and ask them what sort of supports that they needed. Um, and it was just supposed to be a conversation about groceries and cleaning supplies, but inevitably I heard all of the stories about COVID experiences and how many people were living in an apartment and who was sick and, and what their experiences were. So I think uh, that as well was, was quite informative. So I have done a, a good amount of work with the Spanish speaking population in Alexandria. I think as well, um, uh, sometimes I hesitate, hesitate to say this out loud. I worked on the turnaround at Jefferson Houston a couple of years ago uh, in my old job. Um, and so I know very, a lot about what has happened in that school and to particularly the, the student groups that that school serves. Um, so that's another pretty important um, experience to, to shape my understanding of, of ACPS. Sticking with equity, right? So we, as much as Alexandrians like to think of ourselves as unique, we have a very similar pro um, problem, problem as most of the country does about these incredible inequities and gaps in our, our school system. And, and again, how, how are you sort of viewing that? How do you see that? How do you see sort of ways to address that? Yeah, um, I, I agree with you in that I think these are problems that uh, a lot of integrated school systems face. We do have fairly integrated schools in Alexandria um, and, and urban schools. I think even though many people live here and they think it's the suburbs, we are, we are still a city and we have many urban city problems. Um, in terms of how I think about equity, 
having spent the entirety of my career in education, like equity is not, it's not a buzzword. It is like what you do every day. Like your, your goal as an educator is to make sure that you're reaching all kids and giving them what they need to succeed. So coming into the school board race and hearing people question equity was very, uh, there was a lot of tension there for me. And I was like, why are people rubbing up against this idea of equity? It's the seaweed women. Um, but I think after talking to a lot of voters, I think I understand a little bit more that ACPS holds equity as a value, and I think that's right, we should, but we don't do a good enough job of explaining what that means to people, like what that means in practice, and in particular, what that looks like on a daily basis in our classrooms. And so for people who don't swim in the sea of equity, they might see that as, oh, equity just means that X group gets more than Y group, and that's not really the case. Um, and so I think this is kind of getting away from your initial question, but I think we could do better on a communications end of saying like, here's what equity means to us and here's how we implement it in practice. Oh, we could keep talking to you forever, but I have to thank you for your answers and Anne, we're back to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your answers. And here is the time that you get to humble brag on yourself. So do you have any organizations or groups or otherwise endorsements that you want to share with us or any human endorsements or shout outs that you want to, you know, put out into the universe? What are you really proud of that you want to share? Yeah, brag shamelessly and we'll clap for you at the end. Sure. So I don't, I'll give a little background information here. I don't know how many voters really know about what the endorsement process means. Um, especially for like a bottom of the race ticket, like school board endorsements for us, especially if it's coming from an organization, usually means that we have applied for that endorsement. Like we've gone out and sought it out. Um, and so I've gotten a lot of emails from organizations saying, hey, do you want to spend three hours completing this application, answering all these questions to get our endorsement? And I think I decided pretty early on that that was not a good use of my limited time. Um, I felt like it wasn't going to make a huge difference in the campaign. I'd rather spend more time talking to voters, clarifying my stance on issues. And so I didn't seek out a lot of endorsements. Um, I do have the endorsement from Moms Demand Action, um, which I think is, is, is nice and important, um, but I didn't seek out a lot of other endorsements. I will say in my process, in my candidacy, I have met with many current and former city council candidate uh, members, I should say, um, as well as many current and former school board members. And I have received a lot of, you know, very overwhelming support. I don't think I'm not going to mention anyone's names, but um, I have received a lot of support from those people. And I'm very grateful for that, um, as well as their advice. Something I'm really proud of in this campaign is actually the relationships that I have forged with the other candidates. Um, very early on, like back in May, I actually reached out to every other candidate in District B and was just like, hey, I wanna introduce myself. I wanna know who you are. I want you to know who I am. Um, and I have made new friends in that process, um, which I think is really cool. And we have some really amazing people running. So I'm very thankful for, for those relationships that I've formed. Um, I have something to add to that. Ashley caught me delivering her beverage to her house Aww. because basically everyone on her street was out like playing basketball and hanging out. Um, and I have to tell you, I, am I allowed to say this? I don't even know. Every, every house on her street has an Ashley Simpson Baird sign out front. Like Aww. the street is like, I'm not going to say what street it is. It, it's an exclusively... <laughs> Ashley Simpson Baird Street. It was actually um, striking to me 
mm-hmm. how many people had it up. Um, I have very supportive, very supportive neighbors. They're, they're wonderful. Um, a neighbor who lives a couple streets over a few months ago was walking by and said to my husband, uh, does Ashley Simpson Baird live on this street or something? <laughs> and uh, Andrew said, uh, yeah, actually, she's my wife. She lives here. And he's like, oh, great. Could I have a sign too? <laughs> um, so it has helped in that regard. And my neighborhood more broadly has been very supportive as well. I'm so appreciative of that. All right. That's it. Can you believe it? Do you feel done? I've been sweating a little bit. (laughs) Me too. Me too. It's okay. So much better in the virtual environment. (laughs) You're the only person we've ever interviewed that has like an end to a sentence. Nice answer. (laughs) Yeah, really clear. Really helpful. It's great. Time to turn the lights up and turn the music down as our podcast party comes to a close. So terrific. See you next time, everyone. another episode of Liberally Social School Board Edition, brought to you by the Democratic Social Club of Alexandria. We'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Ashley Simpson-Baird, candidate for school board in District B. Check the show notes for Ashley's website and donation links, as well as the link to a school board voting district map so you can make sure you're in the right place. Be sure to listen to all of the episodes featuring candidates from your district so you can call yourself an educated voter and school your friends on the race. Join the Democratic Social Club on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at DemSocialALX for more information about the Liberally Social podcast. The creative and manual labor that's making Liberally Social happen is always done by Sandy Marks, Marta Schantz, Kristen Weber, Anne Fawn, Elizabeth Bradley, Rushmi Puffu, Ron K. Hughes, Joy Pocatella, and Annie Yeager. See you next time.